This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mistress Carrie, weekdays 10 to 3 on WAAF. Podcasts are always online and on your schedule at WAAF.com. Hi. Hello. Carrie. There you are. Carrie. What's up, Sully? On my wayward son. <laughs> They'll be pleased when you're done. What are you eating? I was eating a f***ing cherry, man. <laughs> and I have, they have pits in them, and I forget that sometimes. I go to bite it and I break my teeth. I hope you got a good dental plan. I do. It's called rip them out and screw them back in. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. How are you? I'm good. Good. The first thing I wanted to talk to you about when I knew you were calling today is, you know, you started as a drummer. Mm. And I want you to talk about... Mm, you're going to bring up Neil, huh? I, I have to. I have to. Because I know what a huge Rush fan you are and how you were inspired by Neil Peart. So I want to hear your thoughts about him. Well, it goes way beyond that for me now because, yeah, you know, growing up, I will say that he was probably the single most influential musician in my life. And um, if it wasn't for him and John Bonham and Shannon Larkin, by the way, those, that's my, like, the big three. Because, you know, John Bonham, his right foot was amazing. He had, like, some of the best bass drum work, single pedal bass drum work, and gave me a great right foot, you know, growing up as a young drummer. Then Neil Peart came out, and it was like, holy shit. Now I got to go get all these kind of drums like this, you know, nine <laughs> toms and 114 cymbals and wood blocks and chimes and church bells and xylophones. I'm like, oh, my God. So that's the only time I went to school was to pretty much steal the wood blocks from the music room because I needed to learn more Rush songs. Um, but honestly, you know, his technique, his hands, his amazing rhythms is really what kind of tuned me up to become the drummer I became, you know, between Bonham and Neil Peart. Those were the guys, um, you know, Shannon showed me showmanship. You know, that's what he was really, not that he's, his chops are horrible. He's a great player, but he was really like visually amazing. Um, and so that's kind of how the whole package came together. But over the years I got to meet Neil and I got to become friends with Neil. And that was so surreal to me. The song Serenity, most people might not even know, was about his book, Ghost Rider, that came out in 2002, um, about his life. And um, that's when I first got to meet him. And, and since then, I, you know, I, was, I became really good friends with his assistant, and we've always kept in touch. And uh, I think we may have one of the last on-camera interviews with Neil recently when he agreed to do an interview for the director of this feature documentary we're doing on my life story and, and um, sat down in his whole drum warehouse place and talked about me and Shannon's playing and our drum solo and how impressed he was with the whole thing. And, you know, and then soon after that, I heard, you know, he had gotten sick and I kind of knew about this for a while, but I was asked out of respect for Neil and the privacy he liked to live in 
to just not say anything. But I knew, you know, when they were ending the, the rush tour that he had been, you know, he was sick. And then I knew even up to a, like a year ago or so. And then I got the call, you know, a few days ago and they weren't supposed to release anything till Sunday, they told me. So I just, you know, chose to honor that request and keep my mouth shut. But I, when I got the call, man, you know, it was like a big part of my life ended there too, because, you know, he was a tremendous influence. I can't even, I can't even articulate how, how much this guy meant to me and how big of an, an inspiration he was um, and an influence on me being a musician. He, he was one of the everything people in my life. It's a testament to his playing and his legacy that literally every drummer, regardless of genre or age or playing style, has just this weekend flooded their social media accounts and their performances with tributes mm-hmm. to Neil because, I mean, it's safe to say that rock and roll drumming where it is right now over the last 40 years wouldn't be where it is if it wasn't for him. Yep. I mean, it's, there's no doubt about it. He's the Eddie Van Halen of drums. That's why they call him the professor. I, I, I'll tell you a quick story, too. So <clears throat> one of the last times we got to see him was the second to last show of their R40 tour. And uh, it was with Shannon. We were on tour, and we had a day off. We wanted to get to the last show, but we were also doing a show. So we're like, okay, well, we can get to the second-to-last show in Irvine, California. And we flew out. We talked to Michael, his assistant. He set us all up. And um, after the show, well, in between their sets there, um, we went back. We brought him a nice bottle of Macallan that he loves. And, um, you know, we get to sit with him for a second. And and Shannon goes, so are you – are you done? Like, are you really done? And he goes, yeah, I'm done kid. And he goes, yeah, but what, you know, are you going to like just play for fun or whatever? And he goes, nah, I'm done. And he goes, well, you're going to have to have like a drum set in your basement or something like you're Neil Purdy. You're never going to touch drumsticks again. And he put his arm around Shannon and he looked at him and I'll never forget. He goes, you know what, kid, I think I've done about everything I can do on the drum set. And Shannon goes, yes, you have, sir. And he walked away. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, it was one of the best things I've ever seen. And then he said, you know, all great things come to an end. And that was the first thing I remember when they told me he passed. I was like, there it is again. Another great thing came to an end. But at least we have his music, you know, and that will always be with us. And, you know, for anyone who's never heard this guy play, um, you know, I would highly suggest that you put on some Rush records because the technician this guy was was – You'll never see it again in our lifetime. Just get on Google and watch some of these solos and watch. I mean, it's insane. I mean, it's, it's the best. He was the best. The best. Well, you were one of those people that I thought of when I heard the news on Friday. Obviously, Mike Shue here at the studio was devastated. It's the yeah. biggest Rush fan I know. And, yeah. you know, just every drummer I know, just, you know, just everybody. Everybody. Mike Portnoy, Mike Mangini. There's no drummer that you can mention that is a drummer that hasn't bowed to this guy. Yeah, Lars from Metallica, Danny Carey from Tool. I mean, these legendary rock and roll icons Mm -hmm. acquiesce to Neil Peart every chance and go, no, 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 that guy. Yeah, Yeah, he's the guy. He's he's the innovator, you know. He really paved the way for so many of us and and brought our level of drumming up. And, um, man, I I tell you, I, I talk to you right now, even with a knot in my throat, just, talking about it it just it's just so sad for me you know this guy I just I guess the part 
that I feel just has been an injustice is that, you know, if you've ever read his book, Ghost Rider, and if no one has, they should pick it up and check it out. You know, I don't know how many people know about this, but um, the song Serenity was inspired by that book because back in 98, um, he lost his 17-year-old, 19-year-old daughter to a single car crash. Um, no alcohol involved, nothing like that. She came up to visit him and his wife in, in the Toronto, Ontario area and left after the weekend uh, to go back to school, whatever, and she got hit by a, a drunk driver. She was totally sober. You know, he got the knock on the door that all parents fear from the state police that your kid is wrapped around a tree kind of thing. So he's dealing with that. And the wife starts pulling away over time because they say that happens sometimes when you lose the kid, the parents start to separate. But so he's trying to hold on to his marriage. He's trying to mourn his daughter's death. His dog dies in the meantime. Then 10 months later, she goes for a regular checkup and she gets diagnosed with cancer and she goes immediately and so within 10 months, he lost his entire family, and then his best friend goes to prison for dealing pot. Um, and so he gets on a motorcycle, and he drives 55,000 miles in 14 months in search of a reason to live. And this is what Ghost Rider is about. It's basically his journal, and it's an amazing book. I mean, it really goes through his emotions day to day, where there's one page that he's like, you know, Maybe it's getting a little better today. He said, I just have to stay in motion. I, I can't get off my bike because I don't, I, everything reminds me of them. So he would just drive and drive and drive. And then one day he would be like, oh, I seen a rock sticking out of a lake today. And it reminded me of one of the Rush album covers. So maybe today it's going to be a little better. And then the very next page is him like stopping for dinner <clears throat> at a hotel somewhere. And, uh, you know, there's a couple arguing with their kids at the dinner table and he just starts going off like, you know what? These people don't know what they have and them and God. And, you know, you could just see him like his moods change so drastically. We're not live, are we? No, you're good. <laughs> I would have stopped you three ago. Yeah. So, um, so, but so this book is just about him and how he had to just stay in motion and drive these tens of thousands of miles over over a year straight without getting off this bike just to find a search for a reason to live, you know? And then he finally finds someone and, you know, they start a new family and he has a child and, you know, resets and decides to come off tour to just, you know, dedicate the rest of his time to his kid and his new family. And then this happens and I'm just like, God, talk about a run of bad luck, man. It just, it infuriates me. It makes me sad. And then it makes me realize that, like, at least we have a gazillion albums from these guys. And he's given us every gift he could possibly give us. So I'm super grateful for that. I went back and watched their Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction speeches and the relationship that those three band members had together for that long of a period of time. I mean, you know how hard it is to keep a band together. And those guys did it for 40 years not only did it, but did it as best friends and were totally kind to each other the whole way. Well, they're Canadian. Yeah, it's great, though, right? I mean, it's just to show what kind of people they are, you know, and, and they just, I don't know, they were, they were just a magic trio. And, uh, man, I don't know, he's definitely missed. Um, it's, it's tough. It still kind of puts knots in my stomach a little bit because I don't want him to be gone. I, I really love that guy, and I love everything he's done for me in my life, and I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to, to meet him and tell him that. 
because there's so many people that you don't get to meet that have been such had such a big impact on your life and was such a pivotal part of your life. And he was that guy. Do you know when I walked in? <laughs> I'll tell you another quick one. So when when uh, we were doing the Faceless album and I had wrote the song Serenity, I just finished that book, Ghost Rider. And Michael Mossback, his assistant, contacted me. And he's like, hey, Rush is in town. Do you want to come to the show? And we're like, hell yeah. So me and Shannon went. He put us you know, up on the side of the stage. And we got to watch his drum solo from like 10 feet away, which was amazing. Me and Shannon were sitting there with our Donald Duck hats and our drumsticks under our arms, like 15-year-old, you know. Um, and, and in between the sets, he brought us backstage. <clears throat> but I didn't know we were going to meet him. And he put me in this trailer. And he told Shannon to kind of hang outside or whatever. And I had the demo of Serenity and the lyrics that I wanted to give to Mike to have him give to Neil. And as I'm waiting... <clears throat> I'm looking around this room and I start to see a really big pair of sneakers because this dude was a giant and, um, and a little practice drum kit. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm in Neil Peart's dressing room. And just as it went through my mind and it clicked, he walked in <laughs> and I stood up and just stood in front of him like, and he's this Goliath person. And he reached out his hand and he goes, hey, Sally, good to meet you. And Carrie, when I tell you I've never geeked in my life, <laughs> I've, met, I've met everybody, Steven Tyler, Al Pacino, you name it. This guy walked in and my whole childhood flashed before my eyes and I shook his hand and my body was saying, oh, hey, nice to meet you too. But nothing would come out of my mouth. <laughs> I was That's frozen. A first. Dude, frozen. And he's like, hey, you okay? And I just went, Pfft. Like, of course I'm okay. My face said that, but nothing came out of my mouth. <laughs> and I couldn't speak. I was like, I kept thinking like, wow, I'm a 15-year-old kid in my mother's house, in my bedroom with headphones strapped on, listening and learning, moving pictures and exit stage left and all these great albums that I grew up on. And it was the worst, most embarrassing moment. <laughs> of course, eventually I get over it. And, you know, I apologize for geeking, but... It was the one and only time I ever met someone that I could not speak. Well, I don't know you to be short-winded ever, so that's pretty impressive that he got you to be quiet. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he totally got me, man. But but what a great guy. And, uh, again, just so grateful I got to meet him and tell him how much he meant to me because you don't get that opportunity a lot in life. So if you get it, take it because you never know, man. Well, you talk about that kind of stuff, and – you know, I've been going through a lot of pictures and getting super sentimental because, you know, I had my 20th anniversary on the air a couple of years ago, and that started the process. And now we have started 50 Rock, which is the 50th anniversary of WAF as a rock station. And going back through these archives and photos and live performances, it just it's made me so sentimental about the amazing people that I've met and the friends that I've made and just the memories. And, I mean, there's a lot there. Yeah. I mean, it's a long time. If you think about it, these guys were around in the late 60s, early 70s. They've been doing it just as long, if not longer, than some of our other hero bands, the Led Zeppelins and the Black Sabbaths and the ACDCs and, you know, the Aerosmiths. Yeah, Aerosmith and Judas Priest are celebrating their 50th anniversaries this year, too. It's just amazing. Yeah, unbelievable. We're old. That's all that means. We're just old. That's not, that's not what it means. Yeah, it is. No, it's not.
Dude, my daughter's driving a car and going to college. I'm old. I have gray hairs on my face. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You're now the you're now the parent of an adult. Yeah. A very full figured adult, FYI. Yeah, oh trust me, I know. I've seen. <laughs> it's a good thing yeah. it, it's a good thing you know how to shoot. I know. Make sure you teach her that too, or I will. <laughs> yeah. Well, ma'am. Yeah. Well, here we are. You know. Yeah. Well, Rockstar is. revenge is just another example. That's what happens. Yeah, but how does that work, by the way? So another person I'm friends with is Tommy, right? Tommy Lee. Yeah. And, um, we got into this conversation one time too because him and Kid Rock are know, the only guys I can name that deserve Rockstar revenge and didn't get it. No, but here's what happened. So I told Tommy one day, and he's like, oh, you had a girl. He's like, you're done. I'm like, yeah. He's like, it's the curse of the rock star. And I go, well, then how did you end up with two boys? And he goes, you want to know why? Because Pam was worse than me. (laughs) 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 I found that amusing. Now that's funny. Yeah. And you know what? They were both married to Pam, so maybe she's the key as to why neither one of them has a daughter. Exactly. <laughs> so good. Well, speaking of our anniversary, I am so excited that Godsmack is headlining the big gig. Like this show, I just I can't wait for it. Yeah, it should be a good one. Everyone's excited. I'm getting more and more excited because I keep forgetting from time to time we're, we're doing something local with you guys because we're so used to being away right now and overseas, and we've been on break, and I keep forgetting we have shows coming up soon, but. Then everyone's hitting me up, and they're like, we're going to that one. It's the best one with AAF. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're doing that event. Awesome. Yes, this is going to be good. Yeah, no, it's going to be like it's going to be like one of those high school reunions, except you want to see everyone that's going to be there. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we got a, quite a history ourselves, me and you, and, and the station and the band. So, that you know, that's always a special one for us to play for sure. Well, that was what I that's what I meant when I was talking about, you know, getting all sentimental about my anniversary and now the station's anniversary. It's like you go back and look at all of the amazing times that we had and and mm. and the craziness and the parties and the traveling and you know, just the insane stories and you know, with I mean, seriously, can you believe we got away scot free? With no social media and no camera phones back in the backstage with dime bag days? Like, can you believe oh, that? I got some. I got some pretty good ones. Oh, God. Well, just warn me before you start dropping that stuff on the interwebs, please. <laughs> well, it's been out for a while. Some of it even made the first Godsmack DVD, the Smack This behind the scenes thing. He's in that thing. Show well, that's that. the thing. You oh, only had to worry stuff. about the video cameras back then. Now. Right. Everybody's got a friggin' high def iPhone. Yeah, it's true. Yep. We're bound to implode ourselves. <laughs> it's gonna happen. <laughs> Stephen Hawkins warned us about this, right? That machines are gonna take over. He said, be careful. I know, right? And then look at what happened. Well, They're taking over. They're taking over. They're ruining the world. Every so- all, all the new kids that are born this millennium are gonna have iPhone paddles for hands instead of fingers. They're going to literally come out of the womb with iPhones attached to their wrists. <laughs> it's so scary. Yeah. So how's the foundation going? What else is going on? It's going good, you know. Um, we're, we're really just kind of working as hard as we can to continue to 
branch out the awareness and do as much raises as we can. We're still young, so we're just trying to um, get as many people involved as possible, not only for, you know, to raise money, but for the community. Because I think it's kind of one of those causes that when you're dealing with severe depression and addiction and PTSD and bullying and suicide prevention, there's so many categories we deal with that it kind of touches the whole world in one sense of another. And so what we really want to focus on is doing more and more events because I want to do 5k color runs and I want to do concerts and I want to do, you know, a lot of different things that we can bring these communities together and get people to meet people that are battling the same things so they can have a voice and, and start getting these things out of their body and not have it be dangerous or threatening to their lives. Um, having them understand it a little better and things like that. And the way to do that is to create communities and create online communities. Um, and so, but unfortunately, you know, it takes money to do that stuff. And so that's, you know, that's the rub, right? You, there's one side that you're like, oh, we got to raise money. And then you need money to do the events and you need the events to make money. And so we're, uh, we're doing everything we can. And we have some big announcements we're going to um, talk about soon. We can't say right now, but we do have, a very big company that we're looks like we're going to be partnering in with, um, which is going to make a big difference for us to be able to start developing some of these events. Well, that's awesome. Thanks. When you yeah. want to make those announcements, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> you can <clears throat> call anybody. <clears throat> okay, call, sure. you, you know, you call me. Okay, sure. I'll call you. Um, I don't even want to bring up the Patriots with you because, like. <laughs> Why? Cause my, I'm still heartbroken, I'm guy, and now Julian Edelman's jumping on cars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just find it funny. Antonio Brown screaming at his baby mama and screaming at the police in L.A. It's just a mess. Yeah. Listen, let me just speak to the New England audience for a second here. And I know half the people want to tell me to jump out a window because they're just so blinded by, like, we never want the Patriots to lose ever again in our lifetime and for centuries to come. Well, all great things must come to an end, right? I'm not saying it's over, but what I'm saying is, A, everyone's bashing Tom Brady. And I'm like, this wasn't even Tom Brady's fault this year. He just had no one to throw to. And I truly believe that. All our receivers were just gone. Julian's getting beat up. He's still a monster. He does great. But, you know, it's not the same team. And for the first time in a long time, we became a defensive team and not an offensive team. But I don't blame Tom because we still had a record of 12 and four or whatever it was. And I thought he was doing fine. He just, there was a lot of dropped balls. There was a lot of missed opportunities. And, you know, I think I, at first, at the beginning of the year, I was pretty hell bent on saying win or lose the Super Bowl, he's going to retire. And I think if he goes, Edelman may go with him because I feel like Edelman's kind of his sergeant in arms. And, you know, that was my prediction. But now that I've seen how the year played out and I felt like he was performing pretty damn good and just didn't have a team around him, I don't think he's going to go out on a pick six. I think he's going to come back and he's going to try to just redeem himself a little bit. Because the one thing I don't want for Tom is I don't want um, him to kind of start going out in like the Mike Tyson kind of syndrome where like you're on top of the world. You're the, one of the greatest of all time, but you just hung in there too long and year after year you kept getting knocked out. 
I w- I'd rather see him kind of win or lose, have a great year, and then just kind of raise his hand and go, you know what? You know, there's younger, stronger people coming on the field, and it's just time, you know, go out on top and just have some pride in that. But, you know, if he if he gets some, some receivers around him, I, I really think we could take one more ring. I, I do believe that. But I certainly wouldn't want him to keep trying year after year if he keeps getting knocked out because that's when I think people will just remember him as like, yeah, he was great, but he hung in there too long, and there was like, you know, four or five years where he just was junk. Yeah. So, so you we'll think he's that. coming back? I think so. I don't. I mean, I heard the the Raiders were looking at him or talking to him, but I cannot see him at this age and at this stage of his career and at the level he plays just moving to another team and not retiring out of Boston after all these years he's given us. I know. I'd be shocked. I know. I can't even think about it. I don't even want to think about it. Let's just think about the big gig and be happy. I don't even know the name of our backup quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) You know? You know it? Jared Stidham? Oh, you looked it up. It was way too long of a pause. Way too long of a pause. You're a cheater. I was reading Mike Shoe's lips. (laughs) (laughs) All right, listen, honey, I got to let you go. I really appreciate you calling. Anytime, ma'am. April 25th at the DCU Center, Godsmack, Hailstorm, Theory of a Dead Man, Dirty Honey, Dinosaur Pileup. Quite possibly some special guests. It's going to be crazy. Just get your tickets. If you don't have them, get yeah, it. Yeah, we're about to do some serious damage, man. We'll yeah, see you we guys are. there. Thank you, Carrie. I love you. Bye. Bye. Mistress Carrie, weekdays 10 to 3 on WAAF. Podcasts are always online and on your schedule at WAAF.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.